Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Knowledge Football Dynasty Podcast. I'm Sonny and I'm your host. What is up? Oh my gosh, it's been forever. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Today is Sunday, February 13th, otherwise known as Super Bowl Sunday. Super pumped. It's going to be some good football. I'm excited to talk Dynasty with you guys today. Got to be honest, pretty rusty. I, I have not, not only have I not been like doing podcasts, being guests or anything, I just haven't even like thought about podcasting. I, it's, there's, I mean, there's no good excuse. Bottom line, busy, happy, good life. Um, the, the, the Dynasty world this year was crazy, just like a lot of years, but there were times this year where I found myself checking out of my teams, just barely setting my rosters. Um, and there was other times where I, you know, it was just like a fire hose of things happening and I was trying to assimilate and, you know, I never felt comfortable setting my own lineups, never felt comfortable, you know, navigating my own dynasty teams, uh, let alone coming in and trying to do a podcast and tell other people uh, what I thought maybe is going to happen. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's it's been a very unpredictable season. It's been a lot of unpredictable seasons in a row. And uh, being that this podcasting gig kind of thing is, it's supposed to be about predicting or trying to do our best to predict uh, what's going to happen. Boy, it's tough. So I don't know. I don't know what the future is. I know uh, when I look at what I do for a podcast, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to constantly be keeping up. It's getting harder and harder, in fact, uh, to keep up with the constant, you know, there's just so much information and so much reaction and things like that. And that's just not me. So I'm finding what, you know, what are my strengths? What are the things that I want to actually add to the dynasty world? Do I want to continue to even do podcasting? I don't know. But for now, I have some themes. I have some like strategies that I want to talk about for 2022. And so I thought, what better day to do it than on Super Bowl Sunday? But that is not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk some dynasty football I'm not going to go on a huge recap of the season. I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to c- cover every scenario, all kinds of I miss so much. There's so many things that I that I want to talk about. I might just kind of pick at them here and there over the off season as I talk about some of the, the rookies coming in and everything. Maybe we'll do a free agent um, one. But for now, I just want to talk a couple about a couple themes um, that I feel like that I see moving into the 2022 offseason here, kind of some strategies that I'm looking at saying, okay, this is something that I think we need to adjust for. This is something that, I, that I'm kind of looking to do. It's not necessarily about individual players, but maybe position groups as a whole or uh, just kind of strategies that I that I feel like every year I'm kind of trying to refine, get a little bit better. But some years, and this year especially, there's almost like a shift in my dynamic where there I, I have a major shift in a couple ways of the way I'm looking at it. And maybe it's just because of the amount of time and energy I've put in um, in the past and compared to what I put in this past season has had me change my strategy a little bit. But I think it also is is a learning process and, and an adjustment that, that I think is, is based on what I see um, from, from the NFL right now, from the dynasty landscape, just kind of a reaction to what I, I feel like I see and what we're going up against um, and try to I'm always trying to get that edge and sometimes that edge you have to come in a whole different direction um, than we have in the past. So let's go ahead and talk about the first theme of the offseason to me uh, which is quarterback shortage. I think it's a really big deal this offseason if we're really looking over um, just how trades are going to start going down, how people are going to you know especially for Superflex I'm talking about how you're going to need to build your rosters this offseason compared to these last couple of offseasons. Because in the last couple of offseasons, there's this understanding that not only was there an abundance of quarterbacks or at least usable quarterbacks were available at a fair price, there's lots of Kirk Cousins and those type of guys who were lower down. They were actually pretty good values. And then you had this influx of rookies coming in that were talented. So as whether you had a draft pick 
or you just had some assets, you felt like I can acquire a quarterback, you know, I can figure this quarterback thing out pretty easily. Coming into this season, whether it's just a mental thing or whether there's some truth to it, it feels much different. And a large part of that is the draft class. We all can kind of take a look and you say Kenny Pickett, you see uh, Willis, and there's like, there's some upside here, but this is definitely not one of those quarterback classes that there's a surefire, even one guy, uh, let alone a a group of quarterbacks who are going to come in and really make an impact. They could, but it's it's not very likely. I feel like this is a pretty underwhelming group um, coming in. So immediately those people who were thinking, okay, I'm going to solve my problem with my draft pick, even if it's a high draft, you get out of the top draft pick in the draft, you're still, are you really, you know, considering taking that, that quarterback or you might even want to trade down to take a quarterback or just take the running back? It's an interesting dynamic as I look over these players um, coming into this draft class. And so it definitely, I think, has some people spooked um, especially when you look at the fact that we have a huge number of, of shifts in the league already. You've got retirements from Brady, Roethlisberger. Uh, you have players like Goff and Wentz and Matt Ryan that are, you know, Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos. A lot of questionable kind of already on their one leg out, foot out the door kind of players. Then you have the, you know, the Jalen Hurts and the, the Tua and the Davis Mills. And you just start looking across these quarterbacks. There is a lot of unstable quarterbacks. Derek Carr is a super safe, super reliable quarterback at this point. I don't. I just a couple years ago, you say that out loud, and people would think you're probably crazy. This is where we're at now. He's a good quarterback, and and part of it is because he is a good quarterback. I give him some credit. He's been very good, uh, at least efficient. At least he's. I mean, we talk about Russell Wilson, and we talk about Derek Carr, and they're almost. You know, I would say Derek Carr has been better than Russell Wilson, especially for fantasy, and so. That's a pretty good quarterback. If you if you look at a guy who's usable and doesn't you know doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't have the the leg mobility that Russell Wilson is. But I think you know what I'm saying here is that the mindset of a Kirk Cousins or a, a Derek Carr being a very quality go-to quarterback nowadays just shows us how weak that quarterback, the entire quarterback group is as a whole. And so that's what I'm looking at, and I'm just thinking we really have to put a premium on the value of quarterbacks this offseason. Much like in in our current society, when you look at the value of used cars. You know, a lot of a lot of used cars are worth more than they were brand new just a couple years ago. The value of cars is just spiked because of supply and demand, because there just aren't that many out there. So going into this offseason, I've already gotten some offers for different quarterbacks in a lot of my leagues where I'm kind of stockpiling quarterbacks. And they're they're starting off very weak. And they're not coming strong with it. And there's to me it's like that we're there's this huge difference of opinion where they're seeing it as the last couple years where they're starting to make offers based on what they thought they could get a quarterback for last year. I just don't see it being that way. And of course, there's always going to be value quarterbacks. Of course, there's always going to be a way to get it done. But in terms of if you're trying to land a solid quarterback piece, or you're just even trying to trade for one of these lower quality uh potential starters even guys like Mitch Trubisky and stuff I think they're if you can get them cheap do it because their value is going to start to spike as the season moves forward when there's less clarity and just so many options and a lot of them aren't good and and so it's it, this is where I look at the quarterback position this year and I just think you need to put a premium on it whether you're trying to buy one just look at some of the potential guys like Davis Mills and Trubisky's and uh, you know the the guys who could be steals who could be kind of very cheap and you can get them thrown in on deals look at those and and really see that as a value opportunity and at the same time 
if you have quarterbacks and people are coming to you, don't just start taking deals. I would wait a little bit. I would be a little bit more stubborn with that value because you know that it's really, you know, there is a premium on that. There's a draft comes. They're not going to be able to fill that spot as, as players like Matt Ryan and Jared Goff and Carson Wentz and some of these other players that are already headed out the door. Can, the, the, the value of people in their mind, even if that player is usable, it's not going to be a player that is, is any has any confidence that people can kind of put as a centerpiece. It's already uh, a piece that they're having to you know shove out the door or expect to replace coming up pretty soon. So those are the kind of players that before long you're going to be able to get those cheap. As it stands, those players still have value and mainly just because of the dynamic we're in where they're still starting quarterbacks and it may only be a year or two years or three years that they have left, but a year or two years or three years at this point when you're looking at some players that you're going, I don't know who's even going to be the starter for this team. It, it To me, it's just everything has value at this point. Every quarterback, even the Trubisky's and the Mariota's, um, they have value this year. There's nothing coming in that's going to be that exciting to replace it or at least nothing that's going to be so clear um, that you're not going to be able to just react to it. So that's where I want to get into the second thing is reaction versus pro- proaction. So is, you know, if you're proactive or are you being reactive? And I think my entire dynasty world, especially when I've always scouted all the rookies and the, the more I got into it, the more proactive I became. The more I wanted to look ahead, what's next? Where, where are we going with this? Who's gonna be the next thing? And so one thing I wanna talk about with the wide receiver class, um, a theme for me going into this year. Last year, I had a, a theme coming in, and it was consolidate. And I, th- I think it really it really worked really well this season, just consolidating some of my – I had a lot of depth, and I felt like this was a good time to try to get some key pieces and open up some roster spots so that I could fill in with those inevitable players that end up popping. Well, I think that's still a good strategy. Totally support the consolidate idea. But I also want to add something to that, which is – be more reactive when it comes to wide receivers than proactive. And so I think that is something that, that I have not have always been. I'm something I'm guilty of is I love to do the scouting and I love these young receivers. And every year I add pieces and some of them hit and some of them don't. And, and I've found so many wins that I'm not saying I will not invest draft picks in wide receivers because absolutely every year I love investing draft picks in wide receivers. It's just you got to keep doing it and you got to kind of do it in mass and, and keep finding ways to hit them and not always just spend your top capital and your best draft picks on those wide receivers. But my point is, is that I just have seen over this last season and maybe even multiple seasons that really at wide receiver, you need to be more aware of what is just happening, what is actually happening, not what you think is going to happen. And so it's the Tim Patricks of the world. It's the, you know, the uh, Russell Gage. It's the, there's so many players that come out of the woodworks that they're productive. You see them. They show up. They play well right from the gate. You know, uh, Jacoby Myers. You know, when Jacoby Myers came out the same year as Nikhil Harry, he was the better player right out of the gate. It took some time for him to really show up as a good wide receiver, but he has. And from the very beginning, it kind of, that that statement was made. But it took a long time for people to believe that Jacoby Myers was actually more valuable than you kill Harry, right? So that is, the mindset of the dynasty world is that, you know, this guy is going to be better. He was drafted higher. He's a better player. And so he's got to be better. Cortland Sutter's got to be better than Tim Patrick, right? Jerry Judy got to be better than Tim Patrick. Well, not necessarily, not a fantasy. And so I still think that those players could be better than Tim Patrick. I still believe that. But Tim Patrick has been better than both of those players and way cheaper. And same goes for Jacoby Myers in Nik- Nikhil Harry situation. There's a number of these situations that I look at with wide receivers and I go, hmm, 
it seems more like I just need to react. I don't even need to be proactive. I, I have added Laquan Treadwell and and uh, KJ Osborne and a number of wide receivers I added this season. Tim Patrick is one of them as well. That I was just being reactive. I was just seeing what's happening and buying a player or getting him off the waivers or trading for him or adding them in, somehow adding them to my to my team based on what was happening right then and there. Not, I didn't have to do any. I was like, I could have just been somebody off the street and said, hmm, what are these stats right here? Who's the standings? This guy's doing pretty well. And so there's, you know, I look at players like Juwan Jennings of the San Francisco 49ers, and I look at him and I go, hmm, next year when I'm looking at a third or fourth round draft pick, I might just see if I can add Juwan Jennings instead because here's a player that's now in his third, fourth year is starting to show that he can be relied upon, and we don't know where that offense is going to go and the passing and this, and there's still enough unknowns that he has almost no value. And yet, there is like these are the kind of players you start to see them play well. Don't just disregard it and say, oh, that he's not good. He didn't have draft capital. Oh, no, no. I followed Juwan Jennings a long time ago when he was with Tennessee. I remember thinking he could be a good player. I think I had him on one of my lists of the, of the things. It just took some time. And that's where a lot of these players, you get your heart set on one, you invest some capital in him, you, you make multiple investments. You, like for me, I love to have a lot of the same player. If I get him on a lot of teams, it's very hard to then – decipher that as to what are my true feelings on this player. Have a, how long do I wait before I cut bait? So it's something I'm learning, especially I think at the wide receiver position. I don't think it's as important at running back. I don't think it's as important as at quarterback. But that wide receiver position, I think it really is important to just be cognitive of what is actually happening and just be reactive. Take like Be less intelligent. Be less... Uh, take away some of your own thoughts and your own you know, desires and on all the knowledge you have of the college game and just get rid of a lot of that and just look at what is happening right now. How is this player playing compared to the other players at his position? And so it, it's wide receiver is an interesting one to me because I feel like I there were times, whether it was redraft or in my dynasty leagues, that I needed wide receiver help. And I was able to go onto the waiver wire, kid you not, dynasty leagues with like 50 deep rosters. Go onto the waiver wire and find a productive wide receiver just because he's a guy like what was the guy for the Jets or, or like a Grant, uh, Jakeem Grant for Chicago. They come out of nowhere. They're playing well. They're, they're The team's using them. You can use them on a week-to-week week basis, but people know they have no dynasty value. They really have no long-term value. And so people just go, ah, it's not really great for my dynasty you know, team. Well, those are perfect. If I can clear up a couple roster spots and keep mixing and matching these productive uh, little receivers with these other names that I like to bet on, these young rookie receivers and things, then great. Then, I, then maybe I can have the best of both worlds. And so that to me is just is something that I'm trying to uh, maybe learn and adjust for my own game. And I thought I would share that with you because I think, you know, like I said, with positions like running back, it also, I think, has it's, it, you can kind of see it in quarterback as well, tight end as well. I think there's there's something to be learned from being more pro or more reactive than proactive um, th- as as dynasty players because we we are so uh, into the future and prediction and uh, I spend a lot of energy trying to scout these players and, and predict what's going to happen. And as I spoke about earlier in the podcast, it's unpredictable. This season has been the most unpredictable of any season, maybe. And, and the, look at all the other seasons are are still very unpredictable. Predictable, and then as a podcaster, I'm supposed to predict this. Uh, maybe what I do is predict to just fall, you know, to be less um, concerned with what my own thoughts are, and just be concerned with what's actually happening, and learn something from what is. Um, so that you know, like I said Laquan Treadwell. There was a number of players that I looked at, and in, even in the running backs, you look at the uh, you know the Tennessee Titans, and you look at um, Deonta Foreman 
you, you know, so if you just said, oh, look, this guy's producing, or, and then, or you know, there was a little Dontrell Hilliard in there as well. But just so much of that this year where you're just looking at players producing and you go, okay, that, that, I'm just going to see if I could just use that that production and not think about what, you know, what it means for the future or anything. I think Dynasty, I, I felt uh, maybe part of the reason I checked out on Dynasty a little bit is that I found it so hard um, to really even predict for a redraft. You know, it was almost like a daily fantasy football was the only way that you could really uh, utilize the knowledge of football right now. That trying to predict uh, even a couple weeks ahead is kind of a fool's errand, and then trying to predict entire seasons and two, three seasons ahead um, seems completely foolish. So that's where I'm at. I honestly, you know, like I said, that's why it's challenging for me as a podcaster to come to you and say, oh, guys, I got it all figured out. Let me give you all my picks of these players and this and that, and this is what I think is going to happen. When really, in my mind, I'm going, I don't know that I know what's going to happen. Maybe I need to be a little less sure of what's going to happen and be just continue to, to be fluid. It's it's always been a good strategy. It always works. It's just kind of have certain theories and methods and stick to them and collect good players, make them your pillars. Don't get rid of your pillars. Add other talent wherever you can, uh, and your teams will be good. You know, it's like I've, I've, made, I've made a lot of misses. I've had a lot of misses, and yet I still have a lot of very good teams. All my teams are stacked, and it's not because I, you know, make every good decision. It's because I make a lot of good decisions. I make more good decisions than bad decisions, and that's enough. That's all it takes. You just keep grinding, keep grinding, one decision at a time. And so that, that I think this season, like I said, valuing those quarterbacks is important with wide receivers. Be a little more reactive uh, as opposed to proactive as we move forward. You'll just see so much value. It's because the mindset of people, like I said, if you look at a, at a player um, like a, like Laquan Treadwell, if you look at like a player like Russell Gage, now Gage is getting some value. Well, I think he's going to be a free agent now. So we don't know where he's going to be. We don't know if all of that was. So it's constantly these names. They're somewhere. They're, they're not guaranteed studs. We know they're not going to produce on a stud level at the same time sometimes they have weeks like that that can kind of appeal uh, and then sometimes they'll just disappear so that's where it, you know all of that how much value do you want to put in that how much value you're going to put on running backs um, that's the, that's the theme I've had for years is never pay top dollar for running backs and I feel like that's I don't even need to change my theme for 2022 on running the same thing is get as many running backs as you can get running backs at value anybody you know that, could, that you can find at a at a discount value um, compared to the the high end players, like a, I feel like a Saquon is now a discount player. If you can find a way to, you know, if you had say a Dalvin Cook and you can get Saquon Plus, or there's a lot of ways that you can just trade off of the top, the very top tier, whoever it is, because there's some way he's going to get hurt. Somehow, some way they're always overvalued. Somehow, some way when you get to those top three or four running backs. The, the, it's like the compound interest of their value makes them so much more valuable than every other player that it takes a lot to get one of them. And then there's, they're still as, as vulnerable as all the other players in those sections behind them and oftentimes more vulnerable because they get more carries. And so, yeah, for me, running backs, just keep adding them, keep adding value. Don't think um, you know too much about it or don't think you know like what's going to happen next because you know there's the James Connors and the Leonard Fournettes and the Melvin Gordons and so many players out there they're still good players they're old enough um, that they're not going to be you know huge dynasty impact players but they might impact your dynasty player because they might be coming onto a team where you have a stud running back and now he's sharing carry so we just don't know that's why I think with running backs it's like week to week and injuries and you might you know just kind of hope for the best and throw them out there spending a lot of capital on a position where you're hoping for the best and throwing them out there and all that uh, is not a good feeling and I don't think it's a good strategy either so that is it those are pretty much my rundowns i wanted to give you a couple other things i want to talk about you know there's some free agents coming out the wide receivers a lot of good wide receivers uh free agents you know the the 
Adams and Godwin and Allen Robinson and OBJ and Mike Williams. And, and you know, I don't think that there's any necessarily like any of those guys are going to get any huge shift in value one way or another. So I'm not really looking at those players as ads, but there's a couple like Michael Gallup, um, James Washington, where I think there could be some value there. Jay, Gallup is a little more expensive, and I think there's a lot of people kind of expecting Gallup to go to a good place and everything. So there might end up being where he even gets overpriced by some people. But with Washington, I think there's a lot. I picked him up at the end of the offseason this last year. Uh, people had dropped him, and I just went and added him just because I figured he might be a free agent. He might go somewhere. He's been pretty good at times. Yes, he could just end up going back and being a depth piece on another team. But it's not, you know, it's not a crime to say, oh, I'm not as good as Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool necessarily, and, or he could play with those guys. And, and so that's the kind of player why would I because his value is so low. But really the apple of my eye for this offseason, I'm just going to give you one name. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. At 20 minutes of podcast, I'm already losing my voice. So apple of my eye for this offseason is a player who was a rookie. You know, oftentimes when you're looking for a player like this is the player I really want to acquire, somebody who hasn't quite popped yet, but you've seen enough to think, okay, they're going to pop. And this player is Elijah Moore for me. So we saw moments where Elijah Moore was just, yeah, he was that guy. And when you look at the, everything that went there, Jamison Crowden leaving there, and Zach Wilson kind of you know getting his feet underneath him, I just feel like we haven't seen Elijah Moore take the steps where you know Jalen Waddle now is probably overpriced. There's some some of the rookies from last year, you know Smith might have fallen off a little bit. I would invest in Devonta Smith too as well, but Elijah Moore is really the one where I'm just I just think this guy is going to be a monster. I think he's going to be one of those players that in a year or so you're not going to be able to get your hands on him. It's going to be, you know, like it's, I remember when I got Tyreek in a couple of leagues and I was so excited because I knew it was about to hit that stage where this, his price was going to shoot up and then you just can't get your hands on him anymore without spending major capital. I feel like that's where we're at with Elijah Moore. You're still going to have to pay something. There are people who have Elijah Moore probably love him and there's going to be a lot of cases where you just can't pry him away. But if you could pry him away at a fair price, that's kind of what my, that's like, I haven't, there's probably more players that will come into that zone for me. But right now my eyes are like locked in on, I want to get some more Elijah Moore. I just want a more Elijah Moore. And that would be some, you know, some good quality time spent if I can add that asset here in the off season. So that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back. Um, I, I guess I don't know what the, the future of this podcast holds. And honestly, it doesn't matter. It's like, if you want to listen, if I put it out, enjoy it. And uh, yeah, this off season, I have some plans. I still have, want to talk about the rookies. I want to talk about free agents. There's going to be times when I want to talk some, you know, some football. I want to keep them shorter. I want to keep them like this, uh, 20, 30 minutes at the most. And that's where it's been hard. Even when I like had the mindset of, oh, I'll put out a couple short ones. It was just, I found it challenging even to do that. So either way, thank you all for listening. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Big Knowledge FFB. To be honest, I hardly check it anymore, but if you hit it, I'll be there. I'll check it out. Um, or you can email the show at bigknowledgefootball at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.